Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and authorized financial advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. My pleasure, as always, and sadly for the last time this year, to have in this year Nick Stewart, who is the CEO of the Stewart Group from right here in Hastings. How you going, Nick? Good, thank you. Compliments of the season to you. You too, and uh, we just had a fabulous photo session, and uh, if anyone who gets through Staff Magazine will see us both there. <laughs> Not quite Christmas, but we did our best. Yeah. Now, today's topic for discussion is uh, all about Airbnb, but before we get there, just remind our listeners, Nick, Stewart Group, what are you guys all about? Well, we're a financial planning business at our core. We're coming up for our 37th year in business in January. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this for quite a long time. Our, our head office here is here in Hastings, Academy Road, the black basalt stone building with the tartan logo. And we also have an office on the terrace in Wellington. And you're everything financial. And uh, I think one of the highlights well, for me that we spoke about over this year was uh, – a new scheme you've introduced. Just yeah. remind our listeners what that's all about. They're, they're the ACI funds. Yes. So that's where we, because look, you know, in 2014, we were fortunate to be able to um, launch some KiwiSaver funds. But we found that a lot of people really like what KiwiSaver is, how it works, the mechanism It's really clean, it's elegant. It's like a, it's an everyday thing now. Everyone has KiwiSaver. But... The fact is that it's, for most people, is locked until they're 65. And when we're building someone um, uh, an holistic plan, you know, a really good financial plan that's robust and tested for the future, we need some liquidity in their, you know, on their balance sheet mm. amongst their assets. And KiwiSaver's great, but you don't want to have all your money tied up because you can't get it out unless you're severe hardship, very, very sick, you know, you're going to pass away. Uh, your first home, most people have already acquired a home, uh, or they reach the age of 65. So it's locked in for a long period of time. So we created the ACI funds. So it mirrors what we do in KiwiSaver, but it's liquid. Yes, and it works uh, it works really well. It's been really well supported. So we launched that in April this year. So that was, that was a highlight because we've been working on that for a number of years. Well done, you know. Let's talk about uh, Airbnb, the goose that laid the golden egg. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's hatched. <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's the ugly duckling when it actually turns up, turns up in the nest. What's wrong with Airbnbs? What's well, happening? what it is, this look, it was very, very successful. You know, one of the world's largest uh, effective kind of hoteliers or moteliers, but it actually owns nothing. And it's in the sense that it doesn't actually, it's like Uber. It's the Uber of um, accommodation. So, of course, you know, you and I, we could elect that, you know, over summer, if we're not going to be here, we could put up our home on Airbnb and someone could, you know, rent it off us while we're not there. Or it could be a spare house that we have and we rent it on Airbnb. We could charge a much greater rate for a short-term stay than we could if we were to rent it for someone over a period of, say, six months, 12 months, or a couple of years, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know, a normal kind of tenancy. 
tenancy arrangement for our long-term tenants. So what's happened is that globally a number of jurisdictions are saying because of all this accommodation is being removed from the normal renters market, you know, long-term families and um, singles or couples that require accommodation, mm. that has been removed off the market for this short-stay market, rental market, the classic mm. Airbnb. So, for example, in New York, they've recently made it illegal to have your property tenanted for less than 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's a punitive tax if you do so. So that immediately saw an 80% drop in the listings in New York City f- with Airbnb. I guess, though, from, a, from a, an investor's point of view, someone looking at what they're going to get from an Airbnb as opposed to being a regular old landlord. It makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, it does. But many people are finding that if you the cost of cleaning the apartment, cleaning the accommodation, mm. the apartment, the dwelling, um, starts to get rather onerous. Because you actually, like, you know, if you and I try to go and get a cleaner out there, Ken, you know, they're actually... They're actually often paid more on an hourly rate than the person that actually owns the property because yes. it's quite a lucrative market. And yes. many people actually, it's also, um, dare I say it, they're paid cash. Mm. So it's, it's on a, when you gross it up, they're paid a phenomenally, a phenomenal hourly rate. Mm. Um, okay. So you find that a lot of people with the short stays, you, you have to clean the sheets, you have to clean it. You actually find that there's actually can be a little bit of damage. Mm. Um, many people who put their properties into that pool with um, Airbnb uh, actually find that the people who say they're coming with their a lovely, well-trained dog uh, and their a well-behaved single their child and just a couple, they actually find no, there's uh, three families are coming to stay. Yeah, right. uh, each one has a dog, and they're pretty unruly. Yes, indeed. Um, so you generally find that a lot of people who head into that market actually regret it. Uh, and also they find that, and, and we're seeing evidence overseas, where in certain jurisdictions there are now taxes uh, on the short-term uh, market mm. that there didn't used to be. And also the tax man has become quite well attuned to realising that, hey, um, some of these people are actually they're actually putting these dwellings on a short-term basis and earning cash, and they're actually asking for a declaration of earnings because, of course, they should be tax paid. Yeah, absolutely. When did it morph, Nick, into the massive uh, entity that it is? Because it's a bit like Uber, isn't it? Uh, Uber probably started off as one car. What happened to Airbnb? Because you know people have been renting out their batches or their houses for forever. But when well, did it become the giant that it is? Um, well, it was it was a number of years ago. Um, so Airbnb has been tracking along really well for about five years uh, and still continues to do so. Mm. It's actually a listed company, mm. so you can buy shares in Airbnb and in, in the management system, the service, you know, like um, the software. Um, but it originally started with um, a couple of gentlemen who noted that when there was a conference at a certain venue, they were unable, this is as I understand it, they were unable to get accommodation. They thought, well... Perhaps, perhaps we could encourage people to put their spare room or their or um, their vacant apartment on this for a short period of time at a greater rate of return, and it was kind of born on that basis. And you know, it's pretty clever. Mm, worked. Uh, it worked very well. But you're seeing the, the the pool of potential properties or the pool of properties available is shrinking because people are backing away from it, either due to punitive regulations and tax, but also that it turned out to be not the land of milk and honey that they thought. 
pros and cons of Airbnbs. If uh, let's start off with the bad news, what's what are the cons of uh, Airbnb apart from the, uh, the taxes that are now being levied against people who might be uh, entrepreneurial? Well, you've got people that are coming to stay for a short period of time and they don't treat the property in the same way that someone who plans to treat it as their home but as a tenant for a longer period of time. Yeah. And you also, as I said, look, you get people who come in and stay and they, um, you know, they rent your property and it's, um, you know, lots of people want to come to Hawke's Bay Ken over summer and, you know, you have it as a party house for a long weekend. Yeah. Uh, slightly different than what um, the landlord um, was expecting. Yeah. And I suppose it's a bit like everything. I mean, you guys are big on diversity. I, I suppose Airbnb could be part of of a diverse portfolio still, or would you recommend that uh, people sort of treat it with a, a dose of salts? Um, yeah, it can be, but there are overseas, there are some people, I was doing some research when I was um, writing this this article uh, and reading this for this uh, discussion with you, the... Many people overseas have actually designed and built their accommodation to be fit for purpose for Airbnb. Mm-hmm. So it's um, like there's no, there are no gardens, there are no lawns. Uh, it's a basic, simple lockup. It's easy to clean. Um, the, the way that the actual accommodation functions is designed for people on a short stay basis. And they then so that so a lot of people have bought one or two, and in some cases I was reading three and four of these as part of their retirement plan, and they find that one it actually became uh, a job because mm. they actually found that the cleaner that they had didn't do a job to their satisfaction, or or it started to take too much of the margin, uh, or they just didn't turn up, and the the host actually found they were having to clean the property themselves. So now they were both kind of a letting agent, a property manager, and a cleaner. And they were like, I didn't sign up for this. This was yes. supposed to be easy. And it's turned out that, and then it's turned out not to be. Plus, they were having to deal with some um, unruly guests on a short-term basis. Um, so, yeah, so there were quite a few woe stories that I read online. Uh, and there were some real classic cases of um, uh, on YouTube as well. And because some of the people, sorry to take you down this rabbit warren, but some people would come and rent your property for purposes that you didn't intend. Yes, indeed. Are they, for example, <laughs> Ken, they may have rented your property for a, an adult entertainment film studio for the weekend. Yes, or they might want to make some home bake. Uh, yeah, well, that and is. that is, that's bad. Yes. Because, of course, then you've got the property is potentially contaminated uh, yeah. and you've got some serious remedial remedial costs. So we're talking about this, and obviously uh, people right across the globe are talking about the same uh, pros and cons. Do you think that uh, it'll go back to what it started off as, you know, renting out the back room, the kids have gone away for the weekend or they've gone <laughs> to university? Or is it sort of like a, is it a bit of a dead dog, dead man walking? It depends how committed the people are. And let's say if... For you to be able to keep your batch or keep your second dwelling, wherever that may be, and you were forced to, you need to earn rental from it, but you actually want to be able to use it as well occasionally, then that kind of short-term stay market of Airbnb may actually be really, really successful, but you're having to play above the line, um, you know, uh, abide by the local authority regulations, uh, abide by the uh, taxman uh, in the declarations and run it as a bona fide proper business um it's one of the uh, i do note ken that with the um advent of the um our new government uh 
the National Party were attacking the tax app, or app tax, yeah. as it was called. Um, so this is where Labor was saying, look, we're actually losing uh, quite a lot of tax revenue um, through things like um, Uber, you know, the Uber Eats, mm. the Airbnb. So they were trying to overlay over the top of the structure a tax so that the actual uh, technology host in the form of Uber or Airbnb would have to pay the government directly. Mm. Um, now, National attacked Labour pretty heavily on that and actually ran attack ads. Mm. Um, but um, as it turned out, the you know the wallet, uh, when we opened the, the government wallet, the moths fly out. There aren't actually yes. that many coins and notes. <laughs> right. So we're short of cash. Yes, so it would appear that uh, the app tax is going to occur, which means it's going to make that market of Airbnb there's just going to be a little bit less profit. So you're starting to see some of those key pillars that the foundation for why people did it are just being slightly um, eroded. Yeah, and I suppose one draw card to Airbnb was most people would think, oh, it's a cashy. Yeah. Get a few hundred bucks for the weekend, put it in the back pocket, no one's going to know about it, but uh, uh, they know about it, don't they? Absolutely. Um, And look, the way these days, you know, we... We are becoming a more and more cashless society all the time. Mm. Um, so, you know, so if the tax office can, you know, effectively reach in and see what you do. So when a lot of people think that, um, you know, they're doing something uh, that is on a cash basis, a lot of the time they take the cash and they deposit it into their bank account. Yeah. Um, so That's better right. to play above board. Yeah, absolutely right there. So part of your portfolio uh, moving forward, perhaps, but if we want any sound advice on investing in Airbnb, come and see you first. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the key is that people need to decide, do they actually wish to be not just a landlord, but an effective property manager with potentially having to do some um, cleaning? Yeah, um, and if that's not for you, then do not partake in that market because you know, you're going to move from being a passive investor to being um, not only an active investor, but one that has management duties attached to it. And some people, I promise you, they they do that for a period of time, and then they say, you know what, that is not for me. That's a certain type of person that can do that. And the quicker that people realize that commingling investment with management possibly are not for them and they're actually better to stick with their day job yep. where they're actually paid better and you know what they turn up to work at eight they might leave at five or five thirty or six p.m and it's monday to friday and they can relax yeah. but when your weekends and your evenings are fill up, filled up with the management of an airbnb um as i said look there's just a small portion of the population who would like to partake in that are your legal obligations the same nick uh, as a Airbnb administrator as opposed to being um, a full-time landlord for a rental property? Um, no, it's um, the obligations are slightly different, mm-hmm. um, but some of that area, many people have found that area can be slightly grey. Yeah. All right, so um, let's move on a little bit, and this is the last time we're going to talk for 2023, and I wonder, <laughs> Nick, when you reflect on the year that was, uh, there must have been lots of highs and there must have been some lows. We want to end on a high. So tell us yeah. about some of the lows for 2023. Okay. So the lows for 2020, uh, the lows for 2023. Um, so the lows are, you know, Hawke's Bay. We had the um, Cyclone Gabriel, which was a really sad way to end our summer. Mm. Um, very difficult for many people, um, both in business uh, and with their home and family stress. 
Um, many people are still suffering from that now. Um, hopefully the warmer weather gives them some respite and that hopefully they're able to conclude their negotiations with their insurers or with the government because um, there are many people now that we're finding that the reasons their properties haven't been rebuilt is because they actually don't have insurance so they're mm. having to fall back on the government so that's difficult so that i would say would be the real yes the low point yeah. the second low point would be and i'm going to use three this the second low point is that we're in a period of uh, a very shallow period of growth if not recession so we're in a period of at the moment, the average employee is receiving between a 2 and 4% pay rise on average if they get one, whereas the uh, inflation is running at between 6 and 8%, depending on which quarter you look at. So that means people are actually on an, on an inflation-adjusted basis are actually going backwards. Mm. That is really – that's tough. Yeah. That's, that is far from ideal because people do need to better get ahead Absolutely. after inflation. So there's that. And the other one, I would look at our New Zealand bourse, the New Zealand stock market, the NZX. Well, the, you know, the return for the year is basically zero. In fact, if I track back and look at the index, the index today versus where it was historically, it's somewhere around late August of 2019 – was where the index on the number of points it was then is the same as it is today. So it basically means our index on a time period of that four years, two months, has done a return of 0%. Mm. Now, it went up in the interim, and then it come, has come back again. So, the, you know, that's my third negative, because that's, you know, that's really disappointing. When the engine of your capital markets has a very prolonged period of basically no growth, um, a lot of people don't want to partake in that market, unfortunately. But like you always say, you've got to be there for the long haul. Absolutely. And, you know, look, um, if we look back, if I go back five years ago and I look at the previous seven years prior to that, you know, that kind of in that kind mm. of John Key era, so to speak, um, you know, we were one of the top-performing mm. stock markets in the world. Yeah. Like, Year on year, we were humming it out. So, so look, every dog has its day, and New Zealand, our time to shine will come, but no one has a crystal ball that can predict <laughs> that, and it will turn up faster than you know it, and you won't be ready for it, so that's why you need to be invested. You always need to stay in your seat and have a disciplined, systemic rebalancing process on how you rebalance and manage your assets. Not gut emotion, but a process that removes that gut, removes that emotion to the sideline. So, so we've talked about the negatives. The positives are. So if you think about the positives, so if we look across to the world's largest stock market, the U.S., so the, um, the U.S. technology index for the year, for the calendar year, so remember New Zealand is zero, mm. the tech index, the NASDAQ in the United States is up in U.S. dollars 38% Whoa. this year. So we're zero, they're 38. Yeah. And their larger end of town, so not the, so much the tech area, but the um the say the Dow Jones Industrial Index, um, you know, old blue chip names, they are about nine and a half percent for the year. Wow. So so there's two positives. Yes indeed. And and the other positive I'm gonna leave you with is that look, hopefully well it would appear, um and the you know, meteorologists are telling us that, you know, we're we're heading for a long summer. So I think that would be, I mean, that, that would just, that would be brilliant, particularly for the, for the good citizens of Hawke's Bay who had a, we had a very cool, um, 
brick on an English summer <laughs> last year, culminating with the cyclone. So, um, so it'd be really great for our growers, um, you know, for the mental well-being um, of our community if we had an amazing traditional Hawke's Bay summer. Those ones that we always remember from when, I don't know, we always talk when we were kids. The good old days, that's right. Yeah, the yeah. good old days. Those are rose-tinted glasses there. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you know, throw another shrimp on the barbie. That's Let's, right. You know, exactly. um, so, so, Ken, that's, the, you know. Got to be, like I say, got to be there for the long haul. Nick, it's been my pleasure to talk with you over this past year. Uh, thanks for your wisdom that you've imparted upon uh, myself and our listeners. And we look forward to getting back together with you very early in the new year. And you have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. And look, I just want to say to all the listeners, um, thank you for your regular feedback. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you ever have anything that you would like me or our team at Stuart Group to cover, no matter how prickly or difficult, we're happy to put in the mahi, put in the work, and come up with a great radio interview between us and Ken.